Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, Sebastian, good action-packed weekend last week with 3v3. Um, another action-packed weekend coming up ahead of us. Got a lot going on. Uh, we have like two weeks of like just nonstop stuff. Pure chaos. Actually, three weeks. If we count this past weekend plus the next two, we are just, just going. Organized chaos. That's right. I mean, I feel like you have the busiest weekend of everybody because you're going to coach, uh, what, three, four, four plus, teams, I think. Like, so you're going to coach like nine games in, in one weekend with four different teams. Yeah. No, yeah. the 2007 boys, the 2011 girls, the 2012. Five, five teams. Five teams, both 2012 girls teams and the 2007 girls. Yeah. So. I mean, you win. You win uh, most games of the weekend. Most games of the weekend. Picking up go. anybody else seeing any coverage, just call me. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had the three v three tournament at Silver Lake. Um, it was a good time. I, I thought it was. I mean, I thought the the tournament went well. Um, some some issues here and there, but for the most part, everything was was smooth. Everything was good. Kids had fun. Um, looks like parents enjoyed themselves. Um, and and we we got in and out in the amount of time that we needed to. We got in and out. That's the most important part. Um, you know, this is the time to endorse Scott Sport. You know, thank you for your your tournament scheduling. Yeah, and making that process score entry that process sped everything up. People were able to scan the QR codes, look at their standings. So I think that kind of really helped speed the process up. Yep. And then you know, big shout out to all the referees that participated because. You know, without them, we would have been out there with the lights on at 530, still having games getting played because right. you don't have any referees who are supposed to officiate the games. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, we're, we're kind of calling this referee appreciation week because I think at some point between last weekend and this weekend, it's referee appreciation week. So this is basically our referee appreciation week. Yeah. Uh, so so, you know, big shout out to all the referees and um. And I think ultimately this is this is the reason why the three v three is so important is because it brings all aspects of the club together, right? It, we you know we had yeah. travel coaches out there looking at players, we had referees, we had volunteers, we had us working it. Jeff was out there managing the referee. It's just concession stands. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, we were you selling know beer. What, what the club's all about? That you saw what the club you saw the club functioning as if we had an office. Yeah, at Silver Lake, right? Yeah. It's like basically like an open house. That's right. That's almost exactly what it is. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a really good time. And then we actually, we were able to capture some, some game footage from a few games. Uh, so those, those uh, we have a couple, couple goals. Um, and those are going to be able to be seen on the goals and saves of the week with a little three V three saves of the uh, goals of the week. Edition no, saves the in 3v3. no, no, three, no three V three saves. No. So there, there's, there's a, um, so make sure today, five o'clock, uh, check it out on our social media, which is facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer. Uh, make sure you go in and vote for the goal and save of the week. Uh, very exciting stuff. Um, and I mean, we're ready to announce the winner of the or the two winners. The goal and save of the week is this past week. We saw that we have like two weeks of prizes we haven't given out, which we need to. Um, Gotta got find couple, them kids, man. Gotta find well, I got them kids. I know. I got a couple scarves that I that I that I'm gonna give out, and then we got we got some size one balls that we're gonna give out as well. <clears throat> That'll be the the price for the for the winners. So this week, this I was, think this my was, kids are ra- mac- racking them up anyway. So you just gotta give them to me. I mean, listen. This week was this week was close. This week was very very close. I was literally just counting votes. Uh, so the save of the week this week goes out to. Joey Brits. So uh yeah, I mean what his brother had won it already. Won it last week. Won it last week. So Brits now, Bros. Yeah, they Brits Bros. Yeah. So um, so Joey Brits gets the award for the save of the week. Um, and then the goal of the week. I, I get I get one this week, so I'm excited for that one. Uh Lila Benson from the 2010 girls team gets the goal of the week uh from a fantastic pass from mckinley who i'm, I'm gonna give everybody a little sneak peek mckinley's got a goal of the week this week she's it she's a nominee 
And McKinley, McKinley said, listen, last week I gave you the save. This week I'm taking the goal. There you go. Gave you the left-footed pass last week. I'm going to give you the right-footed shot this week. Score the goal this week. Oh, man. I feel so, like my kids do kind of, when they see the camera going up and the tripod going up, I think feel like they do kind of turn it up just a little bit more. It so gives them a little bit. That little boost. <laughs> that little bit of boost. That's what you need, man. Um, so one other piece of uh, one other piece of news with one another announcement. The we are, I mean, this it seems like yesterday when we finished up, but we are back with the diamonds. Our first diamonds tryouts. We're gonna do a bunch of different ones, but our first diamonds tryouts, we're doing one in December to try to get some of the kids that are local that live around here. Uh, we're doing a tryout on December 20th in Middletown, uh, December 20th from 6 to 8 p.m. So make sure you go on our website and sign up. You can also check it out on all of our social media on at the union diamonds on Instagram and on Facebook, or you can go into our website at DelawareUnion.com and uh, you can see on the representative it's U23 women's team or it's DelawareUnion.com slash rep slash 23W. You can register right now. Registration is open for our tryouts. So you can go in, register, get, get on the team. Trying to figure out who our cold weather players are. Exactly. We're, we, are, we are testing you on both ends of the season. During the season, it's hot. <laughs> During tryouts, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, we just want to see who our, who our players are for the cold weather games in the summer. That's right. It's exactly what we're trying to do. So hopefully, hopefully we get some players coming out. So make sure uh, you join us as we once again embark on our UWS 2 season this summer. Uh, lo- really looking forward to the, to the year. All right, Duane, uh, I've told you a couple of times before or more than a couple of times that I uh, I grew up in Coral Springs, Florida, small little town that uh, and that, well, actually it's probably bigger than than what more small towns are now that I've actually seen small towns before. Yeah. It's not that big of a, that small of a town, but it was small to us because we all kind of knew each other, especially in the soccer world. Um, but I've told you before and we've had a couple of referees from 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 that era before on the on the podcast, how it was the people I grew up with. Uh, grew up to be fantastic, not only fantastic people, but just making it into the refereeing world and doing some really cool things. And uh, I have one of uh, one of my former colleagues on the podcast today, Erica Barahun is on. Hi, Erica. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so Erica is a referee. Yes. She's also a teacher, which is just, you just apparently just like to you it's it, that's a lot of service basically yeah <laughs> that's a lot of giving that's uh that's that's like doing double duty that's almost like if you were a referee a coach and a and a teacher that would be the trifecta right there i'm a assistant high school soccer coach as well oh there you go, there you go. well there you go you win you win you, well. you, you win the soccer award <clears throat> um but yeah so eric and i grew up together um in coral springs Oh, sorry, hold on. Eric and I grew up together in Coral Springs, and we um, we ref together. Uh, basically, had the same uh, same mentors growing up in the refereeing world. Um, and then after I left uh, Florida, Erica continued, came back to Coral Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about your journey, but before we do that. Let's talk about one of the reasons why I have you on the podcast, because I follow your career through social media. Social media allows us, even though we don't necessarily talk to each other a whole, a whole lot, uh, it allows me to follow your career as a referee. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and it's really exciting. Um, so this past weekend, you, were, you, were, you made history. Uh-huh. You made history. You were, uh, you were part of the first all-female crew to ref an ACC semifinal game, and you ref Clemson against Virginia which Virginia won. And then you were also part of the referee crew to ref the ACC final, right? Did you? No, just the semifinal. Just the semifinal. Okay. Just Just the semifinal. semifinal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you ref the semifinal. Uh, So talk to us about that part. Talk to us. How was that experience? It was an amazing experience. And I was um, AR one or assistant referee one. Um, so I was not, I did not, I was not the one with the whistle. Um, but our, our referee, uh, Nicole Green was phenomenal. She was very encouraging, very um, inspiring. We had like maybe an hour and a half pregame before the match. 
And she wanted to make sure that we all felt like a team because we had, I had never worked with any of them. That was my first time meeting them. And that's one thing I love about refereeing is how we can get together and we're family right away. And so right away, she reached out to us as soon as we got the assignment. Um, she, we made a group chat. We got to know each other a little bit. So when it came time to work together, we would be comfortable with each other. So I give all that credit to her because she made, and, you know, she made us feel like we were our family from the get go. And I, I think that's very important as a referee crew. Absolutely. Um, so how was, how was the game in general? The game was good. I think I was definitely very nervous. I would, I think I was, or at least it showed I was the more nervous one. And like when we were on our mics and stuff, cause at first, like I had to get the grips of the game, but the game was fast and it was beautiful soccer. The way that, uh, these athletes, how they communicate on the field, how they move together. You see them all moving in unison and just, they all wanted to play. Like the first half was definitely just like a chess match. They were feeling each other out, you know, um, nobody was really making like cheap fouls or anything like that. They wanted to play and they wanted to do it with like dignity and honor and everything like that. And it was just a beautiful thing to behold in my opinion. So, um, and it ended up in one zero with uh, Virginia winning. Yeah. And then Virginia would go on to uh, play in the final against FSU and then FSU won that, won that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So isn't that an interesting concept, right? I think sometimes um, from a coaching standpoint and, and, or even from a parent standpoint or sometimes players as well, especially as they get older, they have this vision that referees are, are there to almost um, in, you know, they're against you from the beginning. Exactly, right? That they're against you, right? And and I I mean, we grew up learned early on, basically learning a very simple rule, at least in Coral Springs, which was if you can go unnoticed, you did a great job. If, exactly. If, yes. if, if, if nobody said anything to you at the end of the game, if uh, if basically everybody's like, oh, I barely noticed you were there, you actually were. That was that's that a was fan, that's that, a great thing. That was mm-hmm. a great thing. Um, and hearing you talk about the game itself, and I think that's the part that gets missed. Referees for the most part, enjoy soccer or, or a lot of the referees, the majority of referees, I would say, enjoy soccer and actually enjoy being there and actually want the game to flow. They don't want to constantly stop the game because that's also not enjoyable from a from a referee standpoint because you're also there to, not only are you there to, to uphold the laws of the game, but at the same time, I think you're also there to to enjoy it and to be a part of it and, and to kind of make the game go. Um, yeah. So how, how have you seen that, you know, throughout the different levels of play from, you know, coming from the, the travel youth level up to the coach, to the college games that, that you've done, how, how, what's the biggest difference there? I think the biggest difference is like, especially when I see youth referees now, um, ref, like that don't have as much experience that they want to be seen. They want to be like, be the one that's in charge and everything like that. And I think the, the more you climb up the ladder is like, no, please don't bring that. Like, it's not about me. This is about you guys playing. So I think it changes as the referee gains more experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the your 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 background and your your referee career. So um, you moved back to Coral Springs at one point, and you become the uh, the you were in charge of ref, training the referees at Coral Springs mm-hmm. Soccer, which is a massive. Uh, recreational program that has its own in-house referee program, which is outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. The the amount of the amount of effort that that gets put on by that by that club is is fantastic. So, how was that experience when you when you came back to Coral Springs to go from not only being a referee but at the same time being in charge of training referees? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I I had a, a minute or I had to take some time to find like my own teaching method because. I tried to do it through how like James and Mimi did it. And they were just like very like dictator like, yeah. and that just didn't work for me. But, um, but I ended up, it ended up being a lot of fun. Like I would send out a weekly email with like clips from like pro games. Uh, Cause pro has their own, you know, with the referee stuff. Yeah. So they have their own clips for their referees. And so I would just find little clips there. And like each week, um, whoever answered it first and answered it correctly would get like a little gift card or something. Nice. And so that would help with the, with the, and the referees, like, I guess were more enjoyed it a little bit more. I tell you that that was one of the things that I think my, my dad who continues to referee games just because he just <laughs> genuinely yeah. enjoys it. 
uh that was one of the things whenever we would talk he was like yeah i saw erica this weekend or something like that and i was like oh it's awesome that she's still involved there um so now that you're doing college games right so yeah. what is the uh what's the transition um from from the youth level into the into the college games and how do you how do you find consistency in the college game i think that's the the biggest thing you know because it's it's definitely it's not like travel where there's uh you know seven games during the weekend or, or you can do a oh, ton yeah, of no, games no. Uh, college is a little bit more spread out even though there's a lot of college games this the season is very short and it's and it's um it's intense but it's intense right so how do you find consistency throughout the college season not only that you also again have a full-time job on, on top of that yeah well the good thing about college is you you set basically you set your schedule because there are weekends where um you know I, I have blocked out that i can't go or that i won't go because i have my own job and everything like that yeah. you know but there are referees that they make a lot of money in the season like i know some referees that can make or you know and it's far and few but like he can make like thirty thousand in a season but he's a referee. He does the centers. And I, I use right now I'm on the lines because I'm, I'm not as experienced college referee wise. Um, but with in terms of consistency, you, you do set your schedule, you talk to your, um, your assigners and things like that. And, you know, there, it's not like how it used to be where if you miss, if you miss a, a game or if you turn back a game, like you're done, right. like it's now more being more, um, you know, like we understand, okay, you need time to recover. And stuff like that and so it's you know there for me as a referee like i i don't i'm not there every weekend um but though there are there are referees are there every single weekend you know so but we set our own schedule we can put when we can go in when we don't want to how do you how do you balance the uh how do you balance the the, the basically the two worlds the teaching world and the referee world considering that you still have to stay you know it's and, and we've talked to to marco's uh before and he's a he's he's you know he's doing mls games and things like that and he talks about he's got a whole training regimen that he's got to keep up with and, and everything mm -hmm. else but so how do you manage how do you manage that like work-life balance uh well work life well i guess i i do a lot of planning ahead of time as much as i can and if, if i know i have a game coming up a certain week and i let my kids know like my kids know they they know me they know my referee life um so if i have a game coming up maybe you know i don't but too much strenuous assignments with my kids or whatever, or I just plan it out where it kind of flows. I, I just, I do a lot of planning with that. Like it, I have to be on top of it and I can't, I can't let it, uh, let it slip. Like today is veterans day. Right. And I've been away all last weekend. I was away. So today, luckily I have a catch up day. There you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of organization. It is. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the struggles and you and I, before we started talking, we were talking about, uh, we we're talking about one memorable game, memorable game that we had one middle school memorable game. And I, it's funny. I talked to my wife about it, uh, last night when I told her that you were on the podcast today. Um, you know, what, what are some of the struggles that, that I think you, that, that you think you faced as you were, as you were, um, growing up as a referee? Um, I think it's, it's quality time with, with loved ones. Um, growing up or when you're coming up as a referee, you know, you have to dedicate a lot of time on the weekends to referee. You have to dedicate a lot of time to train, to be prepared for these games. And that is, you know, and you have to stick to that regimen or you, you fall behind. Um, you have to be a bit like when you're coming up, you have to go to these tournaments so you can be seen, so you can be recognized, so you can get the experience as well, because not every game is the same. You know, some games are easier than others and some are definitely going to test you. And those are the ones that you learn the most from. Um, and you have to be with, like, for example, my husband, we met refereeing. So he understands, luckily he understands like the commitment that it takes. And, um, and we sacrifice a lot of quality time together. So like during soccer season, we find ways to have, like to have quality time because last weekend or we can have like we don't see each other where we see each other at home when it's time for, for dinner and bed, Yeah, you know? So it, that's definitely, um, the big, one of the biggest struggles, but if, you know, because we know that we can identify that struggle, we can get through it. Why do you think, um, and we, we just got through, we just finished our, uh, our recreational three V three tournament that we have. And, um, and for us, it's a great day. It's, it's a, it, it kind of ends the season. It ends our recreational season, but at the same time, it, it brings all the players together but from a planning perspective, um, and Dwayne was in charge of all the scheduling for it this year. 
from a planning standpoint, there's a lot of referees that we we basically need. We need 25 referees in in the same basically at the same time, kind of rotating through 17 different fields. Um, and we and we've all had games this season, especially here in the in the Northeast, where we've we've shown up and there either hasn't been a referee or uh, we've only had one referee instead of three. And and we, we and there's basically we we were told at the beginning of the season over the summer that there is a massive referee shortage, mm-hmm. at least in our region. I'm pretty sure it's basically across the country. Why do you think? Um, and, that, and that's always been a struggle. But why do you think this year is is even is even more of a struggle? Um, well, yeah, we have here up in Gainesville because I we you know we thought Coral Springs was small. Gainesville is smaller for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the main things is lately or just how people are treating referees, you know, like coming, like, I don't think I would want to be a referee now. Like in, you know, I, I don't like to do youth games because of how ridiculous some spectators can be. Um, just, you know, or how even sometimes there are some coaches, like there are some coaches that are extremely respectful. Don't get me wrong. And I love those coaches, but there are some coaches that, are ridiculous when it comes to referees and the referee abuse. And I think that they're, you know, people are quitting and, and young children and um, kids, teenagers are seeing that throughout social media. And they're like, why would I want to have to deal with that? I've literally seen a, a referee being chased off of a field in a U10 match. Yeah. So that's, you know, from parents being chased off from parents. And uh, it was a during tournament a cart had to go in to get her and get her out of there because they were upset about something. I forgot exactly what it was said about. I just remember that they were chasing her off the field. And that's the, that's the disappointing part because as, as much as, and I had a conversation with a parent um, this weekend after a parent or a group of parents got upset with the referee in our three V three tournament. Um, and I, I stepped in and, and I basically said, listen, we, we had a coaches meeting. Dwayne made it very simple. He said, you, "We, you know, the coach can ask questions, but we are not going to be questioning referees. That's that's the one thing we're." And, and Duane made it very clear. You uh, said players are going to make mistakes, coaches are going to make mistakes, and the referees are going to make mistakes. That's everyone's going to make a mistake at some point, one way or another. Yeah. The biggest thing is that we and we stress this to the referee. The biggest thing is just make sure we we keep everybody safe. Um, you know, safety safety is the the, the number one thing. And then mm-hmm. after that, you know, if you make a mistake. You make a mistake. It's a three v three tournament. That ultimate, in the grand scheme of things, um, you mess up a call. You mess up a call. It's not, it's not yeah. the, end of the world. As long as the kids are safe, then we're we're good. And when I said that to the referee or to, to that parent, the parent said, "Well, well, you just need to get more qualified referees or get more competent referees." I'm like, "Well, if if the, if we can't if we can't put a young referee in a recreational three v three tournament to kind of get started as a referee." Where else can we put them? Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the and I think that's the hardest part from a from a and I've seen and don't get me wrong because I was I was basically my first year refereeing. I remember Mimi coming up to me and basically said, "Listen, um, you either you either get it together as a referee or you're done. Like you're not because I was I was a referee that was kind of like using my flag as a as a as some sort of a play toy." And I was like sticking it in my sock and like, <laughs> like, and he, she's like, no, you can't do that. And so, so I, I 100% agree the fact that like, I also, as a coach, I know I step into a game in a different mindset. If I know that the referee is taking the game as seriously as I am. Right. So, so regardless of how good or bad their calls are, I don't care about that as long as from a, we, the, the way I look at it is, yeah, you, you gotta have confidence, right? If you step in and you're you're you know your socks are pulled up, uh, your shirt's tucked in, that's the that's the outfit. Like, I'm good. We're we're gonna be good. I don't need you to come in with a suitcase. I don't need you to pull out 150 different whistles. Like that doesn't necessarily like that. Like I get that there are referees that have that, and that's fine. But yeah, I'm. And again, I used to be the same thing. I used to be the referee that would that would match my whistle to my jersey. <laughs> I never I went, went that far. <laughs> I went, I had, I had different color Fox forties to match my jersey, to match my shirt. Uh, so depending on what color, what color, what color shirt we wore, that's what I wore. But so I don't even expect that at the youth level. What I, what I, but I do expect that there's a sense of 
professionalism and respect yes. for the game, right? And that's the one thing I remember. I remember when I was coaching recreational soccer in Coral Springs. Um, uh, I was coaching my sister, and uh, or I was I wasn't coaching my sister. I was the year after she had quit, but um, referee was coming over to do the check in, and and you know it was tap your shin guard, you know turn around, yeah. shimmy cleat, things like that. So I told one of my players, and and I know that again, this is younger me. This is this is uh, probably less filtered me that now I probably <laughs> wouldn't have said this, but. I told one of my players, I said, you know, I told her, I was like, untuck your shirt. She's like, what do you mean, coach? I was like, untuck your shirt. She's like, okay. So she like untucks her shirt. Referee comes up and she goes, oh, you got to tuck your shirt in. And I saw, I turn around and I look at her. I was like, weren't you supposed to lead by example? Oh. And she did not necessarily like that comment. And and probably looking back at it, I probably shouldn't have made that comment, at least not that same way. But at the same time, I'm looking at it from like, again, we're supposed to set the example for the kids, right? And the parent, the Kids are going to ultimately feed off their parents' energy. So the parent yells at the parent yells at the referee and then translate into the player, mm-hmm. right? So the player now at a younger age group we're seeing, especially on the boy side, I see it a lot where boys are like talking back to referees because they build this confidence or not only that, they're seeing it on TV, right? I think that's one of the, yeah, big, that's, that's the hardest parts is, is we players are watching soccer and they're watching it for the wrong reasons, right? So they're, they're, arguing throwing their hands around and things like that i'm like no mm-hmm. there's no camera on you like no one's no one's out here filming you we're like yeah. and if they are no one's here no one's putting this on on espn no one's doing anything like that right so um so i think that's the from the coach thing. though sebastian i know i agree with you too like I, I i and again listen i will be the first person to say that every season or every weekend going into a game i tell myself like I am not going to let things bother me. Like I am trying to do my best to not. Let, and I've done and I've and I feel like every week I get a little bit better. Um, and, and I and I and again, like there are things that that bother me. But at the same time, I think, again, I, I try to go at it from a asking questions, not a questioning mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to go out from that standpoint. But at the same time. Part of part of my personality, and maybe maybe this is wrong too. And Erica will tell me if, if I'm wrong. But part of my personality is going to push a little bit to see where you are. You know, to see how far you can get. Too. Not necessarily how far I can get. I I don't know if I go at it from that standpoint. I go at it from the standpoint of, do you have do you are you are you prepared to do this game to a certain extent? Do you have the confidence to do this game? Right. Yeah. If I if I ask you a question and you ignore me completely, right? Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's a time and a place to ignore the coach. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've done it before. I've just ignored the coach completely and pretended I didn't hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's also a time to just to basically say, listen, here's what I called. That's enough. Done. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Fantastic. Like, all right, cool. It depends on your referee. Absolutely. It's- it depends on their personality as well and their past experiences. And they're just like, you know what? I'm just not dealing with you today. We're going to continue on with the game. 100%. And I think, you know, I, I a couple of weeks ago, one of my, my assistant coach got a yellow card because something happened in the game. Uh, out of control. Out of no, no, no. 100%. 100%. <laughs> the assistant referee, the AR, called the foul or raised his flag. Referee ignored it. Leads up mm-hmm. to the other team scoring. Right. Oh, I man. said, I said nothing. I didn't, I just kind of sat there. My assistant coach is getting upset. Um, it's always the assistant coach. It was. Yeah. Um, so referee comes over and gives him a yellow. I said, that's fine. Perfectly fine. Like completely earned it. Like you, 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 that's the right call. 15 minutes earlier, the other coach had basically said word for word, exactly the same thing as that. My assistant coach said to him after a PK was called. So my, I stood up and I said, listen, I get it. That's fine. My question is, where's the consistency between what the other coach said to you and what we're saying to you? And you said nothing to him. You didn't even acknowledge it. He turned around and said, I didn't hear it. I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, I like, I fair enough, but I, I'm, I'm also like, come on. So well, funny thing is, um, you know, my husband, he's still a referee. He's a referee too. And he's, he's, um, you know, going up, he's trying to go up the ranks as well. But when we also assistant coach the same high school team together, my school. Yeah. And last year, um, one of our varsity games were there and um, we're at home and 
the referee was a little very inexperienced, but thought that he was very experienced. Um, and my husband likes to chirp as an assistant coach as well. And I always have to be like, stop, stop. And at one point the referee called, uh, cause I don't like to fight with the referees. I don't like to say anything. Cause I, you know, I under, like for me is like, I used to be that person. So I don't like to say anything, but, but this referee was pushing my, even my buttons. Um, and the, they called, I don't know why to this day, we don't know why they called a PK because he gave our, our forward a yellow card and he's like, well, she was talking back. And we, we didn't see that. We didn't see her, those gestures or anything. We're like, okay. And then he called a PK for it. I, you know, like, yeah, we were, I was livid, but I kept my mouth shut. And then my husband said something smart. Mind you, there's four of us, four assistant referees, three assistant coaches, and then the the coach. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband chirped something and walked away and the referee heard it and um, yellow carded one of the other assistant coaches. (laughs) So, you know, we all make mistakes. Hey, listen, I, that's why I keep that's why I keep doing on the on the bench with me most of the time. So that way, worst case scenario, I just walk away and yeah. just let him get the. No, I don't but, talk to referees. I don't no, talk to referees. Don't. No. no, you don't. No, um, I just sit there. I'm just like whatever. My whole thing with referees is just a respect thing. Like I think mm-hmm. when I get into it with referees, they're like screaming at me from across the field, and it's like I don't want it to be about me it's mm-hmm. not about me like I'm, i don't have this like big ego like trying to be like this professional coach but like you can come over here and talk to me especially and like like sebastian said tuck your shirt in i think that's the last time i got into it with the referees her shirt was untucked the corner flag was being taken on the opposite side of the, or the corner was being taken on the opposite side of the field and i asked for my 10 yards and then she questioned if i was even the coach and i was like or the referee should know that from the beginning. The, 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 I think that's important to identify who the coaches. We were on yeah, yeah, identify the coaches so you know who who. Well, you. I was. It was a tournament, so I was coming late. Oh. So I came mid game. Well, that's why. That's why it was questioned. But you don't question in front of everybody. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that's. They wanted to know if you were a coach or not. They want to know if you should be there or not. If not, you're just a random, random parent, random parent that should exactly. just showed up. Hey, I mean, if I'm a random parent of a 13 year old, you should man, you should not be with me the, on the on the side. You should be with the parents if you're not. A coach. <laughs> I I think I think I think it I think I think it goes back to the idea of of professionalism and respect. I think. Um, on, on both ends, right? The mm-hmm, coaching standpoint, right? I, I, I'll be the first one to say that, like, there are coaches that if I step into a game and the other coaches, um, wearing what I deemed at times not coaching attire, I will automatically not necessarily like, like I, I automatically like I, I walk in going like, all right, I can't lose to this person. Like, I just can't one hundred percent. Like, it becomes a competition. Like. You know, I think, or if, or if it's the coach that's just constantly yelling and constantly like joystick coaching and stuff like that, just things like that. Right. So there's, there's a certain level of respect between the coaches that needs to be there. But at the same time, I, I do think that it's, it's how the game starts, right? If I walk up to the referee and I give him my cards and my, the money and everything else. And we're like, Hey, cool. Like fantastic day and things like that. Great. Awesome. We're, we're good. But I've also had the referee that comes up and, and again, and Erica, you pointed out earlier, the game is bigger than you, right? You're trying to make mm-hmm. the game bigger than it. Like, if you're going to try to sit there and bring a tape measure to measure all the all the corner flags to make sure that they're at least five feet tall and and things mm-hmm. like that, and no, like, and and I've been and I that's the thing. Like, the hard part for me is that I've I've had those referees that I've I've ref with before. I remember refing high school soccer, and uh, and I, and I won't name the referee because he's he's somebody that's extremely important now in the referee world. Um, but I remember, I remember him coming up to me and he goes, you got to make sure that the, the field's squared complete, like it's, it's properly lined. And I'm like, okay. Like what? So he's like, we're sitting there at the corner of the 18 and he's like, well, if you look at the corner of the 18, the corner of the six should be like directly lined up. And I'm just like, why do you like the goals are in the right place. They're secure. They're not going to flip over. Like who cares? Like what? Like. I, I don't like 
it are we here to let the kids play soccer or are we here to make sure that the field is lined with a completely straight line and if it's a little wobbly now we're gonna have a problem with it because i've also had a referee once two years ago come up to me at our home field and say to me you got to talk to your club because you got a hole in your net and i said yep i'm very much aware and i'm basically the person in charge and he's like uh, you know, you, we got to get that fixed. And I said, well, what if you showed up and there was no nets? Would you still play the game? And he goes, uh, well, uh, you know, and I was like, as far as I know, you can play a game without any nets. Nowhere, is, nowhere in the rules does it say that you have to have nets. So, but in the in defense of the referee, that hole, we want to make sure that we know it's a goal, that we know that it goes all the way through. 100%. 100% so, agree with you. The case is the case is not if there was a net or no. There's a net, so we want to get it fixed. It doesn't matter if there's a no net or no net. Like you got to treat what's happening now. I get that. My thing is, you can tell me that there's a hole in the net, and I will tell you that I will try to get it fixed. But you can't try to make a bigger deal about the hole in the net in that moment. Because again, if you showed up and there's no net, what do you do? Yeah, I have. The, I have. Luckily, I've not had to deal with that situation. There's always been a net. There hasn't been the best of nets, but so there you go. I think I think at times I think at times we we try to make the game bigger than it is, and we try to we try to impose these these um the listen the laws of the game are there, um but I I do think that law eighteen the idea of common sense has to go into has to come into play at some point. I had a referee at one point at at regionals try to tell me why he argued with one of the parents on my team after the game ended. And I was like, I don't really care. Well, I'm just telling you. So I was like, I, again, I don't know why you're talking to me. It doesn't bother. I don't, I don't really care. Well, some people do. Well, that's the and thing, though. maybe to prevent that parent from being there for the next referee to cause issues. No, but that's the thing. Like it wasn't, it, it, he was trying to explain the call to me. Right. And then mm -hmm. the assessor comes up to me and I go, and he goes, coach enough. And I was like, I am not talking like he started the conversation with me and I could care less about this. Like the game's over. I'm done. I'm going home. So, all right. Well, before we wrap up, uh, Erica, what advice do you have for young referees that are, that are starting up? Um, there's all so much advice. Uh, don't take things personal because to, to every coach, no, you know, they're not going to remember you the next game. They may or may not, you know, um, so don't take things personal. They're, they are in the moment, right? So you need to be in the moment. You need to be present and focus on your game. You're going to make a mistake. It's going to happen. It happens to all great referees. Um, and that's okay. All, don't worry about the mistake you made. Worry about the next call that needs to be made and worry about that call. So, you know, so you don't go get into uh, like quicksand, basically. And be prof as professional as you can and know the rules and know how to apply them. Perfect. You got to study. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Do you think watching games helps? 100%. Um, 100% watching games helps because that was actually a piece of advice that one of uh, my referee friends gave me because of the calls that I was making. And he's like, you need to watch professional soccer because you need to see how these plays are being made, how they're being called. And if you watch more soccer, you'll, you'll be able to identify things a whole lot better. hundred percent watching games helps. That's awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. We wish you the best of luck in your refereeing career. Uh, mm -hmm. We hope, we hope to uh, listen. My goal is that Coral Springs is going to be represented at a world cup at some point. At some point. Uh, yeah. And I think, and I think right now, uh, our best bets are coming in. I mean, there's some really good players coming out of Coral Springs, but we got a couple of coaches that are that are fantastic, uh, that are doing some really good things. Uh, and we also have some really good referees that are doing some really, really good things. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, we, we, see a, we see a Coral Springs referee in a World Cup at some point soon. Well, soon we'll have a Florida referee in the Women's World Cup, I'm hoping. There you go. So yeah, not me. It's a different one. Um, and so it's, uh, her name's Tori Penzo. I think she's a candidate or is possibly going to be one in the Women's World Cup. So I'm rooting for her. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Thanks so um, much. You're welcome. Bye. All right. We are back. Uh, Dwayne, 
I got a crazy story for you. I don't know if you saw this, but um, PSG was on the news this weekend or this week. The women's team was on the news. The women's team was on the news. Yeah, it's some crazy stuff going on there. Yeah, so um, so PSG midfielder uh, Aminata Diallo was uh, taken into police custody after allegedly arranging to have a teammate attacked. Yeah. So, so basically, this uh, uh, Diallo is teammates um, with uh, Kira Am- Amrawi. And uh, apparently, she arranged to give her a ride home or something like that. And uh, I, I think she took her spot on the team. Uh, yeah, they're battling for places in PSG and the national team. I, so Diallo, Diallo was replaced on the starting lineup for PSG by Amrari. And uh, so Diallo gave her a ride somewhere, and all of a sudden they they were stopped and attacked, but really only Amrari was attacked, and Diallo was just standing there watching as like she was captured, quote unquote captured. You gotta sell uh, it better. But but was not, yeah, nothing happened to her. Uh, but Amrari was um was hit. Uh, they they assaulted her with a metal bar. Which she is, was trying to get her out for a couple months. Which is crazy. It's crazy. Um, so the fact that that's the tactic that you take to try to win your place in the in the starting lineup is a little messed up. Considering that you like, how are you not gonna get caught? Like just. Um. So yeah. So so what a weird what a weird. Like this, when this news came up, I was like, all right, we got to talk about this because it's, it's kind of strange. Um, so hopefully this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Hopefully Amrari comes back very soon. And hopefully if, if ultimately Diallo had something to do with it. Uh, oh, she, they said it was like up to like five players that were in, uh, in on it. Well, no, they had security around them. Like there was like five other players they had to get security for just to be, make sure. It's crazy. It's it's a crazy story, man. Just compete for your place or get a transfer. Yeah, you're already in, you're already in one of the biggest women's clubs in the entire country, in the entire world, and you're already trying to pull this stuff. Come on, trying to pull like yeah, this is some bush league stuff, man. This is that stuff that was happening to that ice skater. Uh, I forget what her name is. Oh yeah. yeah, Tanya Harding. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't know her name, but yeah, I know some out. Yeah, yeah, this is the, some Tanya Harding stuff right here, man. This is this is some crazy that's, stuff. This is low, man. So let's all right. So let's let's switch let's switch countries real quick and let's quickly do our uh, what is now going to become our weekly Barcelona Barcelona segment. Oh, uh, perfect. Um, so we started the week with Xavi getting announced, or last Friday Xavi getting announced. We, we broke the news first uh, on the podcast as it happened. Um, but then we we started this week, the, the, the start of the week on Monday or Tuesday, with the fact that Xavi apparently was told by Barcelona he was going to have 10 million euros to spend on the transfer market this year. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, Dwayne, you can, you can go out, put your laces back on, and uh, train, and you might be worth 10 million. Well, you like, see who their first rumor signed. Well, yeah, is. we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but... But you're trying, you're tra- you're basically trying to bring in midseason transfers to a team that is absolutely 100% struggling. You have no forward. Brightwaith is is a not not the not the answer, but also hurt. Aguero is hurt and out for the foreseeable future. Luke De Jong is probably not going to play a whole lot. Um, so you're really relying on Memphis Depay. Uh, Dembele got hurt again. <laughs> Was was on for twenty minutes and got hurt. Got hurt again. Uh, Ansu Fati is in and out. Um, Pedri's still out. So like, I mean, you got Gavi. I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, but um, so you get ten million euros because that's all the club can really afford right now. Um, it, I mean, you're ten dollars. Go away. <laughs> the thing is, you're not you're not pulling any midseason transfers, not not free transfers, right? Unless, unless you hit that you hit that uh, that almost retiree uh, 
free agent pool. FIFA. This is this is honestly this is this is FIFA stuff. Like yeah. this is the kind of stuff that you do in FIFA. Uh, playing FIFA 21 or FIFA 22, you're out there looking for for the free agents to see. Oh my God, is that person really a free agent? Can I really get them for free? Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Danny Alves rumored to be going back to Barcelona. So over the last over the last 24 hours, I have read conflicting rumors. Gold.com yesterday made a post saying that it was confirmed by them that Barcelona said no, don't want him because they're moving. Laporte is moving to a different in a moving moving a different direction. Like they want to go younger, not older. Uh, but as of like what 12 hours ago, Xavi has now apparently said he wants him, and now he's apparently gonna get signed. I mean, they need anybody they can take. And if Danny Alves can play every other game as a right back, I mean, right now, might... I mean, right now, it <laughs> solves a problem, right? It solves a problem that you potentially have. And I, you have an outside back problem because Serginho is also Serginho is also out. So he's hurt right Des now. is out. I don't know what's up, but Sergio Roberto's out. He's out. Too. He's out as well. So now you're really putting Mingueza out there, which he's not a right back. Yeah, he's I think PK's out too. So like. You know, yeah. you're already using him as a, you're using Meningueza as a center back. So, I mean, it solves your outside back problem. It solves his problem where he's trying to go play in the World Cup. Yeah. And he doesn't have a club to play for. I mean, why not? Anything's going to come on a free. Take him. Take what I mean, you can get. Can't be picky right now. No, no, absolutely not. So, uh, I mean, listen, in this world, I think Ricky Pooch could be an outside back. Let's just get him in the starting lineup. I don't care how you figure it out. Just. For all that is holy, Chavi, please get Ricky on the roster. That's all I care about. I mean, yeah, because at that point, like if you move Menegas out wide, you're gonna move uh Frankie Deong to center back. You don't want to do that. Or Sergio Busquets becomes your center back. He's oh, running thin on bodies. Yeah. But Ricky so, Pooch is still available. He's ready to and go. Ricky Pooch is still a healthy scratch every game. One hundred percent always available. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I it'll think be interesting. Good, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what jersey number he picks. Danny Alves? Yeah, because he's always picking a crazy number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got what? He's the world record holder for the most amount of titles. So, what, 23, 23 international titles, something like that? So, he's something like that. Yeah. I don't know. At club, I think he might still be behind Maxwell from PSG. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean he's he's won everything. Like, he's won literally. absolutely everything. Yeah. So except for the World Cup title. Except for the World Cup. But all right. Well, we'll see what happens. We will we will touch base again in a week when we see uh when we give you the Barcelona update. Well, did you see also before we go? Yeah, Dembele broke one of Xavi's 10 rules. Today. Already? Already. <laughs> already? Oh my god, which one was the one? How does he break a rule? He's already hurt. He's he's hurt. Rule number one. Players must be 90 minutes, must be 90 minutes early to practice. Oh boy. What time they show up? Three minutes late. Got the <laughs> fine. Got the fine. Xavi's wait, not playing. Wait, hold on a second. He showed up three minutes late of the 90 minutes early, or he showed up yes. a hundred or 93 minutes late. He showed up 87 minutes early. Oh instead of man. Early. Oh man. Like you just you can't do that. And Xavi has already come out and said he's going to make him into a world class world class player. If you can keep him healthy, he would be. Yeah, got to keep him healthy. You got the other rules though. You got one. You got the other nine rules. I got the other nine rules. Oh, give them to me. Let's go. So you got the first one. The second one is staff must be two hours early to practice. Okay. Players must eat at the training ground. Okay. Players will be fined for breaking rules. Yep. Fines will be double for repeat offenses. So Dembele better be five minutes early next time. Or yeah. Curfew 48 hours before a game. Okay. Myriotocracy. Myriotocracy. Mm-hmm. Travel and off-field habits will be monitored. 
Can we present? Players prohibited from dangerous activities. And players must maintain a good image. So ultimately, you can't be going skydiving in the middle of the season. <laughs> well, they said that was like a shot towards PK because I guess he like flies out with his wife and goes to like private islands and stuff. But with his own plane? Yeah. Like he's, but flying, like he's, he's, flying like, the, he's flying the plane? No, but I think he's just taking long trips unnecessarily and then uh, coming back tired. Uh, all right. So restoring the culture there. It's kind yeah. of your ship, but I think that's what yeah, I think Barcelona is coming at free for all. So it seems like, yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, this is good. I think this will be good. I think this will put them all in the right place. Hopefully we'll, uh, Ricky Pooch was going to McDonald's for training in between training. <laughs> that's why he hasn't been playing. He has the, he had the taller menu. <laughs> He's hitting the Euro, men- the one Euro menu. The, 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 the Euro menu. The Euro menu. That's exactly why he wasn't playing. So Shavi's like, we're done with this. <laughs> no more Mickey D's. Uh... No more McChickens. <laughs> but it's in Spanish. McPoyo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So <laughs> that cracked me up. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> Sebastian, who's your player of the match? Thank you, because I was just picturing Ricky Push going in. Um, so my player of the match, I'm actually going to switch it up. Um, so my player of the match goes out to the Regis Women's University uh, women's soccer team and our good friend, Kelly Brown. Uh, they came into the RMAC tournament as the fourth seed. Uh, in the first round of the tournament, beat... Um, Colorado State University Pueblo four to one, beat the number one seed Colorado Mesa uh, this past Wednesday three nothing, and now go on to the RMAC tournament championship uh, tomorrow against. Let me guess, they play a school named Colorado, the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. Which interesting fact, the coach. At Colorado Springs is the former Regis University coach that Kelly took over for, who, who was Kelly's coach when Kelly played at Regis. Ooh. So it's going to be a really, really cool match. Um, if it wasn't that I was at a tournament, I would have flown out there. But, you know, Dwayne, do you think you could go help coach that game tomorrow? No, it's too cold. Too, too cold? It's a two o'clock game, though. Unless they got a parker waiting for me. They might. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but yeah, so my my player of the match award goes out to to the Rangers. I just, Ranger, I just Ranger need our up. marketing and analytics team to see if there is a team in the RMAC tournament that didn't have the name Colorado other than Regis University. Uh, <laughs> all teams named after have the name Colorado in their school. Hmm. Yes, Fort Lo- Fort Lewis College. Because they knocked off all these color. You're like Colorado. Fort, Fort, Col- Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis College is in the RMAC and is not a. Uh, it does not have a Colorado. Did they, make the they are from. They are from Colorado. They did not make the tournament. They, see, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> then you got the you got the Colorado School of Mines. Um, Westminster College from Utah. That's in the RMAC. There you go. Um, they're not in Colorado. That's why <laughs> they are not. That's also right. Yeah. Black Hill State University from South Dakota. Also not in uh, Metro State. Metro State is uh, is in Colorado, but doesn't have Colorado in it on there. On there you it. go. I was just uh, making sure, you know, it seemed like to be like a like a Colorado alliance. New Mexico Highlands University is not in Colorado. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel to South Dakota. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I have to get Kelly back on the podcast to talk about those uh, road trips because that sounds brutal. A lot of elk on the road. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of. Sorry, we were late to our game. There was a, there was a flock of elk standing (laughs) in the middle of our of the highway. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Fort Lewis made the tournament. Got knocked out in the first round. Got knocked out by Colorado Mesa. 
<laughs> Westminster also made the tournament. Metro State got, made the tournament. Got knocked out by Colorado. No, Metro State uh, got knocked out by Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Yeah. yeah. School of Mines made the, made the playoffs as well uh, and beat Westminster. So there you go. There you go. Hey, what, who won that Wil- Wilmington Goldie Beacon game the other day? Oh, I tried. I forgot. I went there. Uh, uh, Wilmington won three to one. Three to one. That was Two a playoff game. game? Uh, quarterfinal game. Quarterfinal. Yeah. So they. Man, that's a good. It's a good draw right there for both schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they because now they have to go to. Uh, York, I think. Then they're going to York. Uh, for the the next round of the of the playoffs, um, I'll tell you right now. But yeah, uh, I I watched the game. It was good. Uh, so they play they play Georgian Court in Waterbury, Connecticut. Man, today. that's a today at one thirty. You got a twenty minute trip. Now you've got like a five and a half hour trip. No, no, no. They played at home too. Wilmington That's what I'm saying. Play, like yeah. Goldie and Wilmington are oh, like yeah, three yeah. minutes apart. Yeah. And then somebody had to get on the road for six hours. Yeah. So the semifinals is today against uh Georgian Court. So interesting. Good luck. Good luck to our uh Diamonds Captain Yaz. There you go. As she goes out there. All right. Uh who's your player of the match? My player of the match is gonna go to uh the Brazilian women's soccer player who just retired for Miga. I don't right. know how you say it in por- Portuguese. Yeah. Um yeah, so she just retired. She played in seven World Cups and seven Olympics. And when she was born, women were not even allowed to play soccer in Brazil. That's right. So she's kind of seen it all, like literally, and then kind of became a mogul in the Brazilian women's football um, industry. I mean, I think a lot of times we think of Marta. Yeah. But I mean, for Formiga to play in seven World Cups, like, Folks, you got to think about this. World Cups are four years apart. That's 28 years. And then seven Olympics, same thing, four years apart. So her career was over 30 plus years to be able to achieve both of those milestones. So congratulations to her and her great career. I don't think we'll ever see anything like this. No. Um, The thing, part of it's got to be like, you got to be born at the right time and hit your peak at the right time to time this out like yeah. you have yeah, to hit that olympics do, or I mean, world cup do, at 16 yeah six let's just say you get in at 17 so 17 um 21 25 uh 29 33 37 and then 41 which is kind of yeah. what, what she what she did right so she played in the last world cup so yeah, yeah, like you gotta, you gotta get in right, right then and there, sneak in crazy. there. It's crazy. Because um, what did you get to twenty nine? What was that? Your fourth, fourth World Cup, right? Yeah, yeah. And you gotta, you gotta get four more. <laughs> Hitting yeah, thirty, you gotta, you gotta trudge it out. Yeah, that's tough. But yeah, good for her. Congratulations on a great career. Yeah, great career uh, for Carly Lloyd too. She finally retired. She finally retired. <laughs> With three weeks of retirement episodes. Uh, <laughs> all right. She played in uh, that playoff game. That's right. Uh, on this day in history, uh, Dwayne, do you know Billy Walker? No, I don't know Billy. No, you don't know Billy? Well, Billy's pretty cool. Uh, Billy, on November 12, 1921, became the first player in history to score, at least in, you know, in the history that's kept up with records and stuff like that. Uh, first player to score a hat trick uh, of penalties. Well, you know, that could have been repeated <laughs> a couple of weeks ago in that Salzburg game. <laughs> Had they made yeah. some penalties. Yeah. That's um, interesting. A hat trick on penalties. Yep. How much did he pay the referee? I don't know. But uh, Aston Villa, well, this will tell you why, a little bit of why. So Aston Villa uh, beat Bradford City that day seven to one. So I'm assuming Bradford City was probably not happy or very somewhat upset and started <laughs> hacking poor old Billy Walker. 
Well, or whoever it was, and Billy just came and take it, took the PKs. There you go. So good for Billy. Match fixing at its finest. <laughs> in 1921. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, good for your Billy. research. Black Sox. Good for Billy. Uh, all right. Fair play of the week. My fair play of the week goes out to all of the referees, volunteers, um, and you for the the great weekend at three v three. Because I think. I think without you doing the schedule, without the volunteers being there, and without the referees, um, ultimately our teams don't get a chance to play. So thank you. Yeah, I'm going to dinner that work. because that was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and yeah, if we don't have the help and the team to assist us with everything, doesn't doesn't rule the way it did. Um, yeah. That definitely doesn't. Like, obviously... You're always going to have hiccups with whatever you do, but you know when you have a team of people there to assist you, it minimizes those hiccups, and people are able to assist in different areas, um, and things like that. Yeah, so, like when we couldn't find the scorecard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, hey, listen. It, it takes everybody that can help out to to get it done. So I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out well. So, uh, so congratulations to you. Good job. Well done. Thanks. Yeah. Now. I want to officially announce my retirement. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> One and done. All right. Cool. Well, uh, Duane, good luck this weekend on all the games that you have to coach. Uh, it's a lot going of games. Nine going nine and zero. Going nine and zero. All right. Cool. Go. Let's let's let's. Hey, why not? Let's go nine and zero. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.